Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Lisa Pressman, and today I have Mr. Chaz. Chaz Lewis, who is known as Mr. Chaz on TikTok and Instagram. He is an educator, an educational specialist who teaches teachers to teach and works with schools, teachers, children, and gives them tools for so many different skills in early childhood. And he has the cutest, most helpful TikTok songs um, or Instagram songs. I'm a I'm more on Instagram. Don't really understand TikTok, but he has figured out how to deliver these tools through social media. And so I wanted to have a conversation with him about a couple of things. First, how we can use social media as caregivers, parents, educators, practitioners to serve our needs and not diminish our sense of competence or make us feel bad, how you can choose the lifters and not the the things that make you feel worse. And also he is going to share with us, listen to the end, these awesome examples of songs that you can sing to your kids in moments of transitions. So He's got great examples. And of course, I will have them all also on Instagram at Raising Good Humans Podcast. And please don't forget to follow, rate the podcast and write a little review if you have the time. And thank you so much for listening. This is such a fun one. My goal was to create content that was enjoyable to consume, but also you feel like you've grown a little bit, that your perspective has grown a little bit, you've learned a new skill. And it came from seeing parents really struggling during that beginning of pandemic time, especially because it was a new challenge. Your parents became the 24-7 everything for kids. And I really wanted to find a way to support and to help. Um, And so, you know, creating the TikToks was the way that I started to do that. So that's where I've kind of get my juice from wanting to help people because I know what it's like to struggle and feel like you're ruining a child because you don't have the skills. I think there are feelings from all of us who work with or care for children. Is this moment ruining my child or this child? And it's such a terrible feeling. It's such a terrible feeling. And also it is mostly unlikely to be true. (laughs) Yeah. But it doesn't. If you're asking yourself that question. Exactly. If you're actually (laughs) thinking about it, it's unlikely to be true. If you're not thinking about it, that's a whole other thing. So do you have a couple 
of nuggets that you're just like, these are the things that have been the most helpful. These nuggets. The first nugget would be avoid being a perfectionist, being a provenist. The goal isn't to be perfect Ah. every day. The goal is to improve a little every day. So often we, you know, we make a mistake or we don't do something. We don't meet our own expectations and we will shame ourselves for not meeting those expectations actually holds us back from actually improving on what we're trying to do. And so that goes for parenting, that goes for teaching, that goes for virtually everything, but it is something that is so prevalent in the parenting space. Yeah. And so that would be the first nugget. The second nugget I would say is empathy and boundaries can coexist. Yes. Empathy and boundaries can coexist. And then I'm going to give you one last nugget or give you a third nugget. This is going to be like a chicken shrimp. (laughs) <laughs> a nugget. Okay. This might be a little bit more for chicken <laughs> um, You are doing the best you can with the skills that you have, with the resources that you have, with the upbringing that you have, with the moment that you're in, just like your child is. And so not only should we show ourselves compassion, but also children, both people need compassion, right? And Children are just trying to navigate their world, trying to meet their underlying needs, right? And to look at behavior as, yes, behavior is communication, behavior is communication, behavior is communication. A lot of us heard that. I'm going to extend it a little bit. Hopefully, it'll make it more concrete when people hear it and also make it more actionable when you are in the moment trying to observe the behavior, Behavior is communication, communicating some kind of unlearned skill or and or unmet need, Mm -hmm. right? And so identifying what that is, right? What is that underlying thing that's happening? The behavior is just a manifestation. It's just a symptom of what's happening internally. That concerning behavior that you're seeing is the body's way of communicating to you likely screaming for help. And what happens a lot of the times is when children get into these behaviors and they are trying to meet their needs in maybe ways that are hard for us to handle uh, or ways that or the ways that challenge us, we a lot of times catch their emotions, right? And they're in distress. And then we get in distress and then we respond to their distress with distress. We're reacting to their reaction. And then they react back and then we react because they're reacting to our reaction. Mm -hmm. And to just know that they are trying their best and that you are trying your best and that it's not about, and this kind of loops around to the first nugget, that it's not about being perfect. It's just about improving. And no matter who, there is no mountaintop. There is no destination of perfect parenting that you will get to. That's Instagram mom or dad, whoever family that you're comparing yourself to that you think is perfect. It doesn't exist. Right. The reason why I got on TikTok instead of Instagram is because TikTok felt more authentic than Instagram. And because you know, it's a lot easy, 
her to curate, to take a snapshot of a moment in time and then put a pretty little caption on it and just, you know, to curate and show your, you know, the perfect, perfect family. And then you see that like, oh man, why is my family not doing this? Why does my, right? And, com- and comparing to this perfection that doesn't even exist, right? And then we shame ourselves, which holds us back from actually improving, right? But if we can, if we can really just ingrain, combat that unhealthy messaging that is likely repeating in our in our brains with some healthy, more positive mantras. Avoid being a perfectionist, be an improvementist, right? Uh, your child's not giving you a hard time, they're having a hard time, right? You're doing the best you can, right? If you can combat these unhealthy messages with healthy messages, it may help you get into a place to be helpful to your child, right? Uh, because when we're in this place of kind of survival and we're judging ourselves, we're going to be more likely to judge others and we're not going to be in a place to help a child with whatever they're struggling with, with meeting their needs, with teaching them the unlearned skill, with teaching them how to meet their own needs over time. I often think that the top of the mountain of whatever that perfectionist thinking is can also be, you can challenge that thinking by reminding yourself that it's actually a disservice if you actually, not that you could, but if you actually could be a perfect parent, what message would that send to your child as they're trying Mm -hmm. to give themselves grace and love themselves if they know only that the adults in their life are perfect? Then when they are not perfect, what a horrible feeling. It's such a generous How will they learn? Right. And how will they learn to navigate through mistakes that they've never seen someone making mistakes and navigating through it or or even if they weren't allowed to make mistakes, right? And so, yeah, I 100% agree and, and share that message as well that in our imperfections, we can be even better models for how to navigate those imperfections because your children will make mistakes. I promise you, right. there are not a lot of absolute things I can say about the kids. That's why. But that is one of them. They will make mistakes. They will have emotions. And so instead of trying to teach them to avoid mistakes, to, to not make mistakes or to not have feelings, you want to teach them that it's okay to make mistakes, that it is okay to have, you know, feel. It's okay to feel and it's okay to fail. I love it. I, it's okay to feel and it's okay to fail. And I'll, and I'll, and I will be the model for you in that and to be okay. And that's, and again, the hard part a lot of times with this, the big hurdle is that I've been conditioned with this perfectionistic mindset that I can't make mistakes and I can't feel my feelings. And that is just ingrained in who I am. It's the way I've been navigating life my entire life. And now what you're telling me, Mr. Chaz, Aliza, is that now I need to teach this skill that I don't have. And the answer is work towards it, right? And provenist. <laughs> provenist, right? Don't be a perfectionist, be an improvenist. And here's another thought on that, right? On just the big picture here. You're going to, in your, I like to think about it like iPhones and kind of this like, 
don't know what you call it, but I kind of lump them all in there together. Like this gentle, respectful, conscious. It's all parenting. the same. It's all just different words for the same thing. Right. Right. <laughs> this is, but it's like, it's based off of science and it's like a new technology. It's like a new technology mm-hmm. and it's a leap to the big difference in what was happening in previous, what was traditionally happening in previous generations and how most of us were raised. Right. And, and that's, that's, that, that's hard. So, but that's like the first iPhone. And so if you're like first generation, gentle, conscious, whatever parenting, I look at it as like first generation iPhone. Right. And it's a huge accomplishment to be that first generation iPhone, especially if it came from a pager. But even if it came from a Blackberry, right, the fact that you've improved, you've used the technology that you received and you built off of that. And now you're the first iPhone. And now your children get to receive the benefit of that. And they get to grow even more than what you likely did in your childhood because you were able to take all of those lessons and learn more and grow more and build that into your culture your parenting and into the life of this child and so now this child grows up and now they are it's like the next generation right and they're using the technology that first generation iphone and they're improving on that technology and maybe they're the second or maybe they they jump a little bit more to the third right but every generation it is improving, 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 right? And then now that first generation iPhone, their grandchild, you know, is eventually, you know, the iPhone 5. And <laughs> maybe you as that first generation iPhone, you want it to be like you imagine being the iPhone 5, right? But, you know, you worked as hard as you could and you got to iPhone 1 status, right? That was required for each generation to build off of that. You are not only just growing your children, you're growing your children's children. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. any progress you make is worthy progress, right? And it's not too late. The other thing that people say, but is it too late? Like they're past the age of eight. So yes, the the brain is, and I think what people hear is like, okay, the first five years, the first eight years, okay, 25, 26, the brain stops forming, but the brain can still change after 25, 26, right? You can still rewire your own brain. Their brains can still be, neuroplasticity exists. The brain is changeable. Um, So it is never too late, no matter where you are. Start your, if you haven't started your journey, start your journey now, today. If you've already started on your journey, keep on taking baby steps forward. Listen to, keep listening to the podcast, following people on social media. If you do have the resources to reach out to a parent coach, then do so. If you do have the resources for therapy, then do so. And, but if you don't, there is still so much you know, there's never been a time in history yeah. where there has been so much information available to the point where the question is like, is it too much information? Totally. Right. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> right. But you have the power and I recommend this to anyone to do that. You can create your own, like a, a new Instagram account or TikTok. I suggest just doing it on your regular Instagram or TikTok, whatever account that you have. And it's just being filtered in with whatever else you're looking at social media for. 
and going and intentionally finding and following creators that resonate with you, speak to you, that, that are sharing messages that are helping you grow, right? And you have the power to go download, as long as you have a phone, a smartphone, to download TikTok, Instagram, whatever, pick your social media that, that you want, that you want to do. And to find teachers from all over the world who are sharing, info, sharing information for free. And you can curate your feed and have your own little parenting university that you can watch at your leisure. And then you also have an algorithm that's working very hard, sometimes a little too hard, but working very hard to understand you and listen to you and feed you content that is relevant to you. Now I'm going to take a little break so that I can tell you about my sponsors. Okay, you guys have heard me talk about Gemist a lot. I love Gemist. The products are high quality. They are sulfate-free, paraben-free, dye-free, and you just get great hair. And the season of gifting is upon us. So wouldn't it be awesome to gift someone a good hair day? I know I'm going to gift my teenager some Gemist because she steals mine all the time. Gemist makes hair care easy by providing you with personalized recommendations based on your hair data. And just in time for the holidays, they're releasing exclusive holiday bundles that could save you up to 30%. Keep it for yourself, gift one to your kid. I personally am enjoying their scalp balancing bar and hair freshener. The scalp balancing bar is just not something you ever knew you need until you try it. And now you have a clean, squeaky clean scalp. And if you don't wash your hair every day, they have an awesome new hair freshener that you can just throw in your bag. So here's one of the bundles you can get, the top condition set. It's Formula 15 conditioner, eight ounces, plus a cream styler, which locks in moisture and a brush that doesn't yank all your hair out. So if you have a friend or yourself that's complaining about dry hair, the condition set is for them. As I mentioned, the bundles are already 20% off, but my listeners get an extra $5 off bundles with the code RGHGIFT. And with free express shipping, it's the perfect last second hostess gift. Just visit Gemist.com to give someone in your life a good hair day with Gemist. That's Gemist.com, G-E-M-M-I-S-T.com and enter the code RGHGIFT at checkout to give someone awesome hair. It's so important to teach kids the skills they need to thrive in today's world, like creativity, critical thinking, social emotional awareness, and mindfulness. So I always love looking for activities that encourage learning outside the classroom in ways that are going to be enjoyable for young people. And I really like the Encantos app because kids are going to use screen time. And not all screen time is bad, even though people think of it as bad. And the way to make it not just neutral, but positive, is to have high quality apps that engage kids in interactive learning. The Encantos app is a full book, games, videos, songs, and more that teach kids new fundamentals and they can learn them in another language. Encantos or Encantos uses a method called story teaching and 
they basically use stories to play and have fun while they're learning. And the content is so vast. The kids can pick what kind of learning they're better at if they're an auditory learner and they really gravitate towards songs. It's so helpful. And they have stories like Wally the Worried Walrus that can teach kids about managing worries, but all while being silly and building a toolkit for understanding their feelings. The new Encantos app is the first of its kind. It uses engaging storytelling to teach kids two to eight so they can meet kids where they're at and follow them as they grow. So here is the special offer. Your kids will love the stories that they learn from Encantos. Right now, this is the deal I got for my listeners. Three additional months free when you sign up for an annual subscription. You just go to EncantosWorld.com and use the code HUMANS when you subscribe. Sign up today. That's E-N-C-A-N-T-O-S World.com and use the code HUMANS. I am such a homebody and such a homemaker. And I don't mean like I cook really well or make craftsy things. I just love home goods. <laughs> and I love furniture and decor and I just love being at home and I love loving what's around me. And I've moved quite a bit over the, these years. And let me tell you, Joybird's selection of customizable furniture and modern home decor lets you bring your style into your space. They're modern, customizable furniture for every space and size, whether you're in an apartment or a big house. And it's available in a variety of vibrant, durable fabric options, which we all need when we have kids. And get ready for Joybird's Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales, because that's going to be great. <laughs> With Joybird, Ordering furniture online has never been easier or more fun. Choose from over 18,000 customization options. It's almost too many to even think about. You can also browse their curated collections to find the perfect piece for your one-of-a-kind style. And you can book a virtual showroom appointment to chat with a stylist from the comfort of your home. The fabrics are gorgeous. They have rich, buttery leathers. They have velvets. They have linen. I mean, whatever the fabric and texture that's right for you, they've got. And you can order free fabric swatches so that you can feel the fabrics and really have a look before you make the decision. And if you're unsure where to start, Joybird's design specialists are standing by to make your vision a reality. They have financing with as low as 0% APR for up to 36 months. And they have a protection plan so that your upholstery and leather pieces will always look great. Joybird stands by its quality and craftsmanship, so it has 90-day returns. And if it's not everything that you hope for, you just send it back. Joybird beautifully is committed to creating quality furniture and a more sustainable future. Each piece is made with incredible care using responsibly sourced materials free of harmful chemicals. Through partnerships with groups like One Tree Planted, Joybird is helping conserve and restore Earth's most precious natural resources quality craftsmanship, stain and scratch resistant fabrics, and limited lifetime warranty. Joybird Furniture can handle anything your family throws at it, literally. Create a space that brings you joy with Joybird. Visit joybird.com slash humans and get 35% off your purchase. That's 35% off at joybird.com slash humans. 
I used to care so much about portraying a perfect life and acting like everything was okay when really things were far from it. I was secretly battling anxiety, depression, and an eating disorder. So it was a lot. I'm Victoria Garrick, former Division I athlete, mental health advocate, and host of RealPod. Every Wednesday, I sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, and more to talk about the inner thoughts and feelings that we're all struggling with. So leave the filters and facetunes at the door and join me on RealPod. One thing that we've talked about, and I, I think it's worth mentioning, is like, how do you curate what you're paying attention to and throw out what you're not? For me, I think first just check in with your nervous system. Like if you're checking your Instagram, let's say you did have this account that's just focused on supporting your parenting and you see things and you feel guilty, ashamed, scared, anything just like incompetent, unfollow, just like let it go or don't look at it and find those voices that lift you just like you would with friends, like delete the friends who are hurting you and find the ones who are lifting you. That doesn't mean they're they're not going to challenge you because we want to improve, of course, but not in a way just like we wouldn't for our kids. We don't learn from feeling like crap. So it's an important skill. And when I kind of agree with, you know, you, you were saying the algorithm, good or bad, it just is what it is. I feel that social media, people have such passionate feelings about it being positive, negative, whatever, but it's here. And so better to use it to serve you and support you, or obviously don't use it um, if it's not. And I wonder if you found ways to curate that. I know for me, it's about how does this make my nervous system feel? And sometimes in, you know, I I think this probably, we we probably get similar things in our feeds. If I start to see trends where I'm like, what's happening here? Like, why is there so much finger wagging? To me, I get set off. And I think like, I want to make sure everybody recognizes that that is that the onus is on the, I'm saying experts in quotes, but nobody can see me. (laughs) but the onus is on the account holders or the experts to modify their communication. It's not on the parent to improve themselves in such a way or shame themselves. It's about how are we communicating and finding the folks who communicate in a way that helps you grow as a parent, not cower as a parent or feel like Mm. I give up. Yeah. You know, not every message and every account is for every person. And I think that's really important to acknowledge because the same account that may make some one person feel uplifted and feel like they got this, they can do this, might be the same account or post, right? Uh, Or word that may trigger feelings of, may trigger different feelings in a different person. Right. And so it's got to be specific to that. And people learn in all sorts of different ways. Right. And people are coming from all sorts of different perspectives. And, you know, I think that as a, you know, as a creator, that there is definitely a responsibility in the what you're putting out there and the information and where you're putting out there. I think there's definitely a lot of responsibility there. I see it as two two people's responsibility because that parent is the only one that knows 
what account is going to be right for them. Right. right? I think they're going to That's be. That's a fair and point. Is, <laughs> and, and, and this is the same thing with like, you know, talking to kids and like certain scripts and whatever. And I just duet it. Someone, um, her, her account is like Baba Cusses and she like, her thing was like, oh, this is the way I thought, you know, general parenting was supposed to be. And this is the way that <laughs> I do it. Uh, or this is the way that I, yeah, this is the way that I do it. And it's, she's using like a lot of the same, like, like gentle parenting skills or whatever that everyone says to use, but she's using it in her more authentic voice. And she may sound a little rougher to some people as opposed to like the kind of gentle. And some people saw that and they were like, yes, like, I feel like like, this is like what, like I'm doing. Like, I felt like I couldn't gentle parent because I felt like I had to sound like a Disney princess uh-huh. all the time. Uh-huh. And, and then someone was like, uh, I felt this is the way that I do it. So I feel bad. Like, I feel like I feel made fun of. Right. Um, and yeah, sure. There's probably a better way that the creator could do it to probably trigger less of those feelings. But the point is that post, helped a lot of people. And the other point that I was saying that I was originally making was that for her child, like what she's saying, we shouldn't be so quick to judge. But obviously she's not like, nothing she was saying was like abusive or aggressive or anything, but it's about how that lands on the child. Like how that, you know, how they receive it is more important than are we using the right script? Right. For sure. Because with your relationship and your in your culture and your household or in your community, that might be really acceptable. And they understand the communication the same way your child understands the exact script. Right. And so it's not, you know, necessarily what is said, but it like how it lands. And that's not something that a parent or a creator or a teacher can always control. But what we can do is, you know, especially on a like a uh, person-to-person relationship, but I even try to do this in social media, what we can do is have uh, create a safe enough relationship that allows for open communication. So if you do say something like, you know, hey, where most people would think it would be perfectly fine, are you okay? That it land, they may not, they might not land great for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of factors that will dictate how it lands for that specific person, right? Uh, but for another person in another situation, are you okay? Might be exactly what, what that they person needed. needs. To hear. Sure. Actually, when I was growing up, one side of my family, they're like really loud immigrant. Jewish cliche in their communication. And it didn't even phase me. It was not scary to hear yelling because they all yell. That was like how they communicated. And I remember my grandparents did not speak in English to each other or to their kids. And so my sister and I would be like, what is every, what are they saying? And cause they sounded vicious sometimes to each other. They were madly in love and had a beautiful love story, by the way. Um, but my dad would always say, they're just saying, I love you <laughs> because it's just like this loud way of being, it's a cultural thing. And um, the other side of my family, I mean, I do not think they have 
ever. My mom's side, like I, there was no yelling. There was no sound. There was no lifting of like <laughs> that passionate sounding voice did not exist. And, but on the receiving end, to your point, like how it was received, if my mom had sounded like that, I would have been terrified because it would have been mm-hmm. like, whoa, that is not yeah. what I know. But on my yeah. dad's side, it was like, I wouldn't even bat an eyelash. Like I, I might've even laughed. So it's yeah. so important to respect the fact that you can be as you can have sensitivity and boundaries and be so wonderful and supportive of your child with a, just a different cultural vibe. And that's not what any of this is about. It's about how the child knows and receives and feels safe. There was no sense of a lack of safety. So I appreciate that you're saying that because it's such an important thing to remember. It's not a special voice or a special script. It's about the connection that makes sense in that particular relationship. People who are out there listening decide to stalk me on social media or like look in the comment section when people um, are. <laughs> well, they should like, listen. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they're really, you know, when people are in the comment section and they're maybe disagreeing passionately or they have a completely different, I'm saying like, hey, you know, the real reason that I don't agree with speaking isn't because it isn't just because of the research that says X, Y, and Z, but it's also because of like respecting children as like full people. And, yeah. you know, so then I can understand how that could trigger someone if that is how they have chosen to respond to their children. But, you know, when people get on in the comment section and like they kind of like start to attack or they you know they because they feel triggered they feel attacked they start to attack like like I really do have gotten to a place of just empathy for the other person and like I'm not here to judge you and I'm not here like and I'm not here to go into the comment section of someone else's video and start just judging because Oh God, what, what a waste of your time. (laughs) It is a good practice to be curious about why you're quick to judge. I think that would be a really interesting challenge to take on instead of, you know, which would slow it down a little bit, but often the judgment, which you kind of intimated before comes from, you know, it's a stress response of like, if what you're saying is true, and it's not what I do, does that mean I'm a shitty parent? And if I'm a shitty parent, I don't want to feel that way. So I'm going to go into my fight, flight, or freeze response. And, you know, so you might get some angry comments. Maybe that would be a good moment to just pause and press the brakes on the judgment and say, I wonder if the judgment is protecting me from asking myself what's going on here. And I think the spanking is a good example because that is it sounds, I mean, I've never addressed um, spanking and I feel on the podcast, it's never been a conversation and maybe that is a mistake. That's a good topic. I can say with confidence, I do not support spanking, though I understand that if you were raised with spanking and that is what you know, that that is your go-to and it may be really hard to change that. Um, Yeah. So it's a good example of something that you've talked about before. And I wonder, I guess, what are some of the big challenges that you've seen where, and and it's hard when you're just doing a one minute 
post. And frankly, like for a lot of us, we don't have the attention span time or energy for more than that. So to get a golden nugget that you can use in your everyday parenting in one minute is really just nice. Maybe we're getting over the hurdle of spanking and then like the next generation, it's, you know, shame is going to be the big hurdle that we maybe all grow through and we improve as a generation. And then maybe it's helping maybe the next, next the iPhone five will be, you know, internal, internal, you know, looking inward for validation and internal motivation, putting more of a focus on that. So, yeah. I want to say one thing in the event that it gets misunderstood. And then okay. I want to ask you to do some songs. But, okay. <laughs> um, Please do clarify. So the one thing that I wanted to clarify is that I wouldn't want anybody listening to think that, because I think this is one of the controversies and difficulties with shame and, and I think motivation. Those are two really great examples. I think with shame, the pendulum, the conversation, of course, is shame, the sort of emotional spanking way of shaming is different than when you're stating something that you notice that you ne- you know can't happen again. <laughs> and I, yes. I think that Good. boundaries and shaming can get so convoluted, which we could have a whole other conversation about. And so I just want to be sure that it's clear here in our conversation, that's, you're not talking about setting a limit or having boundaries. We've established at the beginning of the conversation that you can actually hold that beautifully alongside being sensitive. And that is not shaming. So it's super important to just keep that in mind as you're listening, the criticism of who you are is quite different than a criticism of what you just did. That is not who you are. And the, the really urgent distinction between those two things, I hear a lot from parents, I don't want to shame my child, so I didn't say anything or whatever. Yeah. And I think that that's something we all have to be, it's a, t- that is tough. Like it is a moment where you have to be super conscious to make sure that you can make that distinction. And they're so different, but I think they get convoluted and confused. And the other thing that I think happens with intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation, if for people listening who get, like, I hear this too, is globally, I don't ever want to extrinsically motivate my kids because I want them to be internally motivated. But there's like a thing, it doesn't matter if it's internally or externally motivated, then it doesn't matter why they're doing it. (laughs) Like, so I think it's like the preciousness of it. I mean, there is a big movement, for example, in potty training, where rewards are really toxic for some practitioners and for others, it's a given. And I sit way in the middle of what works for you as a family and also you need to be internally motivated to start because like there's a point at which it's the right time for a lot of kids. And in the history of time, kids have not lived a life of expecting a reward for going to the bathroom. So like ease up on yourself. If it makes it easier for you, you don't need to worry that this is going to somehow, that's very different than getting a reward for a good grade. And also I know like, 
I'm passionate against like rewarding grades, for example, when you're thinking about older kids. But I am respectful of the fact that for that's because that's my value is that I want my kids to be internally motivated. For other people, they might say, I don't have that luxury. I don't care if they're internally or externally motivated. I need them to get A's because I need them to get to this place. And I feel like that's an important distinction too. know what you're looking for in that motivation so that you're not pressuring yourself to make everything about internal when we all need external motivation for some things. There are just some things in life where you need a little bit of both, some where you need only one or the other, but like being a kind person, I would like to think that you do not need external motivation for that because that would be something that's about your morals and values. Whereas like, again, pooping in the potty, I don't care for my kids. And so like, if I have a client that's wondering about those things, I would want to know what's their hope and dream for their child in that moment. You know, so I think it's worth saying because when we're yeah, throwing out these terms, they may be captured in a way that gets misunderstood. And that's why one minute things are hard on social media. I always say that it, like a big thing that is important for me or that I talk about is that the child has very real needs and the adult has very real needs. Yes. Both of these needs are important. And we as the adult, likely the only one, especially with a younger child, the adult is the only, is likely the only one who has the potential, the capacity to see the, to, to do the perspective taking of, okay, what do I need? What do they need? And what can we do? How can we meet in the middle? Like, okay, I just need to get out of the door. We just need to get out of the door and they want to be a cat. All right, cool. We're going to be a cat to the door. You want, I can pretend to hold you a leash on you and we can, yeah, whatever. And I can throw some cat food in it. You know, we can make it a whole thing, right? Both of our needs are getting met, right? And it's not always going to look like that. You might have a migraine that day. And so yeah. that's not what you're going to do, right? It might be something else, but it's it's taking account of that. What do I need? And a lot of times, what do I need? And what's, what are my needs? And what are the challenges? And it's hard enough to figure out what the child's needs are sometimes often we don't even know what our own needs are in a moment. And so being kind of clear of like, okay, what do I actually need to happen? What actually, what do I, what do I actually need to happen? What actually needs to happen as opposed to a lot of times they have a rigid way on like this, a thing has to happen this way yeah, for us to move forward. Um, and often there's probably like six, seven other different ways that it could happen that are, are aligned with your needs and the child's needs. And maybe some other mm -hmm. siblings. Can we end with some songs that like maybe your favorites that you can put in our heads so that we can use them in real life? Yes. Can't promise to learn it on the first listen. So I guess you just have, have to keep to listening listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the first song that I want to sing is actually kind of near and dear to my heart because I remember as in my uh, being an educational specialist is something that I 
love seeing with the children and there were different there were certain classrooms I'd go into and this song was a part of the culture and it, it was really helpful so I'm actually and feel free to cut it out, but I'm just going to share a story with you. You can cut it in and cut it out. That uh, goes along with it. Okay. So as an educational specialist, my job was to like support teachers and help teachers and, and teachers just teach basically. So I went into this classroom, a four-year-old classroom, and I was going in there and there was their probably first, their first time meeting because my first time meeting them wasn't my normal school. Was it, I was helping out in a different school. And I went in there and I'm meeting them. We're kind of doing like a circle time thing. We're singing songs. I'm doing like my routine. We're having fun. I'm doing one song called The Shuffle that I made up. And they're doing a bunch of motions and up and down and moving. And then at the end, when everyone was sitting down, a boy hit uh, a girl who was standing, dancing next to him. And everyone sat down and she kind of stayed, you know, stayed uh, standing and she was like, her head was hurt. And she was like, or she was like, just like holding on to her head. Yeah. She was just holding on to her head. Mm. And I was like, I, at first, my first thought was like, Oh, I just came in this new classroom and singing songs. And uh, lo and behold, like I, a kid gets hurt and they're probably don't want me to come back into the classroom because a kid got hurt. And so this is kind of like my inner speech going on. I'm like, you know, as I'm about to respond and as I'm about to like take my first step to like go over to her, the classroom starts, you know, I start hearing a song that just, I kind of heard in the background, but kind of it gets louder and louder. And I, and it kind of like, it made me kind of pause. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? I'm in a new culture. I'm in a new room. Like I gotta be kind of, I gotta, let me observe. And what happened was the children were singing T-U-R-T-L-E turtle, turtle, T-U-R-T-L-E. Let's do the turtle now. And one child walked up to a different part of the room. They got a little stuffed animal turtle and they gave it to the child. And while the whole room was singing T-U-R-T-L-E, turtle, turtle. And then she took the turtle, she hugged it, she squeezed it. And, you know, they finished, they finished the song and she sat down and she really did, like you could see her facial expression change. And like, she felt comforted by not only the class singing the turtle song, which is self-regulate or, you know, regulation song, but she did the things in the song that the song told her to do. Her facial expression changed and the classroom was comforting her, which I absolutely loved because I'm all about creating, as a teacher, creating a community, a culture where they're able to work together, regulate together, build each other, like their own little community of humans where I can pretty much just sit back, watch and just add materials uh, uh. take them outside and make sure that everyone is fed. Um, ideally, that's what we want to yeah. happen. But that was a moment where that was one of the first times I saw the song in a classroom environment be so effective and then really helping to co-regulate really with each other. 
Yeah, I love so, that. Without further ado, okay. So now let's out. hear it. <laughs> yes, because I like this, and I'll do the motions. Uh, no one else is going to see but you. But we'll do it. Here we go. Oh my God! It's T U R T L E turtle turtle T U R T L E. Let's do the turtle now. Turtle when you're mad, turtle when you're sad. Just take a deep breath and hug yourself. Turtle can make you glad. Oh, that's so cute. Yes. I love that. Yes. So, and no, I know no one could see that, but the maybe we'll post yeah, one I, on Instagram of you doing yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I have a video where I'm, I'm doing this. Maybe I'll I'll share it with you. And thank you whatever, very much. You're, you know, with your hands are crossing the midline. Um, you are just by breathing, you're regulating the body. Yeah. Hug yourself like it's just that that contact that all the motions to it give you a um, little oxytocin boost. Yes, but the way, but something I do want to say too and i do want this to be a part of me if you edit on edit all the other stuff that i said it's about how it lands totally you know a, a lot of people use this song and come back to me and said they use it in such a variety of different ways and you know it's been really helpful during really stressful times for some parents not as helpful for some parents helpful for some parents it's helpful for the parent but like i don't really sing it for them i sing it for me <laughs> um, and it's really helpful so it's a song it's a tool. You can use that tool in a lot of different ways. People say like, how, how am I supposed to use it? Yeah, we could talk about how you could use it. And I would probably like to talk about who your child is to recommend something more individualized on how to introduce it and all that stuff. But it's a tool that you can use in a variety of ways. Thank you very much. All right. One more tool, please. All right, so this one um, I also posted, but I think a lot of people find this very helpful. People was in this on the same conversation of the spanking. This actually actually created this video, and really this because someone was saying like, "Well, when it's safety, like that's when I have to hit my children. Like that's the like that's the time where I have to hit them, and like that's everything else is fine." So like, oh, okay, yeah, it's just this just like just like uh, children. Unmet need or unlearned skills? Ah, this is more about the unlearned skill and like, let me provide the skill for you. So I provide, there was a lot of other uh, things that I said about creating uh, parking lot street safety or kind of creating a culture of parking lot street safety and how to go about that. But this is the song that I added onto that to supplement the whole thing. <clears throat> and it goes like this. Let's see if I can remember. When we walk across the street, we look both ways. When we walk across the street, we look both ways. I hold my mom's hand. When we cross, we have a plan. When we walk across the street, we look both ways. And so, and again, a lot of people, let me know on that one, a lot of people have used that. And like in my captions, like, look, this is a song, but you can make up your own songs. You can remix this one to make it fit with your family. I said, I hold my mama's hand, I hold my daddy's hand, my papa's hand. You know, you could say if there are more specific instructions or anything else to where you live or there's something you're struggling with, add it in, mix match. It's even better when you can kind of create a song that is more specific and individualized to you 